Welcome to the Life Church. We are so excited that you've tuned into our program to listen to a wonderful message. On behalf of Pastor Walt Landers, our senior pastor, we just want to say thank you. Our mission here at the Life Church is to connect people with God's purpose. If you don't already have a church home, we want to invite you to join us at 3301 TLC Way. Now let's prepare our hearts to receive a word from God through this morning's message. We, uh, we've we've uh, been in a series of of really kind of laying, you know, we revisit this, you know, from, you know, after a few years, and we, we try to just focus back in on our vision, our mission, our values. And, uh, and so as a, as a church, that's what we've been doing since the beginning of the year. And we talked about, our, you know, our what. And we know God has a what. He wants us to make disciples of all nations, every people group, and to, to preach the gospel, the good news, to every nation on earth. And so we know that we have a what. Well, why? Why would we do that? Well, because God so loved humanity. That's why he gave Jesus, it says. And so we know that, that for us as a church, we've tried to now take that and be able to bring it down to our local assignment. What is our mission? What, what is this? How should this be lived out here at the Life Church? Because every church, you know, it, 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 it doesn't give you real details of how we're to live this out individually as, as uh, different churches. What you'll find is churches connected to culture, co- uh, certain churches did maybe were known f- greater for certain aspects of ministry than, than what others were, and that's okay for that kind of diversity. We're the body of Christ. There's all different types of churches here and even in San Angelo in this region and many of them are going to have different focuses. Well for us we've tried to bring that down to what is it that we're supposed to do and so we've recognized just something that, that, that we've always believed here is that if we can connect people to God's purpose that's where life is, has meaning, where there's significance, where if you, if you take the resources, take the talents, take the gifts, take what God has blessed you with and use it in your time, your talent, and your treasures, and you, you get that involved in God's purpose, great things can happen, not only just for your own life, but for, for the world in which we live. Amen? It's, it's beyond us. And then, in that, well, why would we do that? Again, because people matter. People matter to God, therefore people matter to us. And so that's why we're involved in this. It's about people. The only thing going to heaven is People. Some of you need to say that like you mean. Only thing going to heaven is people. All right. We we so so out of that, then we want to look at our core values. Now you can have you know uh, aspiring values and and things that you're working towards, but in our core, who are we as a, as a church? And and so we we found these five things to be true about the Life Church is that in our values, we're a people that that we live a spirit filled life. We live the spirit-filled life. Because here's, here's the reality. Uh, we're not into behavior modification. <laughs> Again, back to that. If you dress the pig up, you know, show that pig a mud hole. He'll go right back to it. It's not about behavior modification. It, it is about an inward transformation by his Holy Spirit. When you accept Jesus as the Lord of your life and you are born again, there is a transforming power that's there. And so we're into living uh, the Spirit-filled life. We're into living community. We're not meant to do life alone. 
We need one another. And, and it's a shame that some people find themselves in desperate situations and then they realize that they don't really have anybody supportive really there. You're not meant to do life alone. The one, number one tactic, I believe, of the enemy is to bring isolation. And that's why I, I, I think that just culturally, even in America, there's more loneliness. And it's not just America, it's worldwide. I, I, I said that, you know, as we were preaching and talking about that, that Japan now has a minister of loneliness. <laughs> just to try to help people. That are lonely. Find church. You'll find you know community in the body of Christ and in a local church. It, it'll work. And then we live by faith. You know, we, we, we're going. This isn't about just what we can do in and of ourselves. This is about connecting to the God, the Creator of the universe, of all of all of creation. And because of our faith in Him, we can live bigger than ourselves. We can believe. We can, come on, we can, we can do more. And then we are, last week, talking about living to serve. And that, that we got to live outside of ourselves. That if, it's, if, if we get inward focus and it's just about us and our stuff and just getting more, and you'll reach the end of your days and be miserable. But when you're living outside of yourself to serve God, to serve the local church, to serve community, there is something rewarding in that. And I'm telling you, the biggest rewards are eternity. When we show up and we enter into the joy of all the work and the labor and everything we've done in this life to make a difference. Amen? And it's in serving. So today we're going to talk about living the generous life. And I uh, already touched a little bit, you know, in our, in our you know, this morning in our uh, offering for tithes and offerings. You know, a lot of churches, they won't even talk about money. Uh-oh, you got quiet on me. But you know we're going to talk about it around here. In spite of some of the ridicule and, and uh, you know, the naysayers and what they, well, you know, they, they talked about Jesus. Come on, they're going to talk about us. If you're doing anything for, anything for God, you know, it may be a little controversial. It may, it may rub the cat the wrong way. <laughs> That's all right. And you need to realize that Jesus himself, in his ministry, just read through the Gospels, Jesus, in his ministry, his teaching, one-third had to do with stewardship and money. I'd say that's a pretty big deal. If Jesus was willing to take one-third, because most of it was to the Jewish people that knew about money, knew about tithing, knew about giving, but they were missing some other stuff about the other aspects. That it wasn't just money. You know, you can give mercy, kindness, love. And so there's, there's other aspects in this. Living generous today, I, I pray that, that you'll hear my heart in this, and it, because it's not just about money. I'm not into the hyper-prosperity message, you know, that just says give to give. There's a whole lot of the giving that I have done that actually has hurt. <laughs> Sometimes I have given some very precious things that have, that have come to me, and, and, and I allow it to flow through my life. Joanne and I, you, we can track back. I mean, we, you know, see, this, here's the wonderful thing. 
you know, don't, don't try to put, well, you know, that religious thing. No, believe me. I got saved in my bedroom. I had this born-again experience. I didn't know what Christianity was. I didn't know that you could be born again. I saw a sign one time that said, Jesus saves, and I thought, that's strange. What does he save? I actually thought that. I had no concept of that. And here I get born again in my bedroom, transformed, and, I, and from, I mean, right off, immediately, Walt Landers began to live different. Because a big part of my life prior to that, I was in the rat race. It was a dog-eat-dog -dog world, and I was going to get mine and anybody else's that I could take. I'm just telling you the truth, especially in that drug culture. You're always stealing somebody's dope, you know. <laughs> Come on, some of you real quiet and looking at me all religious, but I, I know some of you. Yeah, don't, don't, don't act like you, you know. Come on. That's why you always had to be alert. Somebody would be stealing your stuff. Right? <laughs> Look at somebody and say, he's really talking about you. <laughs> but uh, when I got born again, I just, this radical thing went off in me. And I just looked around and I saw needs. I saw people that were hurting. I saw people that were, were without and I began to just, listen, it took me months to find my way into a local church. But in that time frame, one of the marked things that marked my life that people noticed, people looked at me and they were like, what is happening here? I, I just give. Supernatural. There were times when God would speak to me. I would buy groceries and take to someone's house on a delivery mission. Totally supernatural. To people in need that God knew was in need. See, if you'll listen, the Lord wants to listen. There is so much excitement in living the Christian life. If you'll just get outside of yourself. And you'll really connect to God because he sees and knows everything. And he's at work among us. And he wants to bridge build bridges and touch people's lives. And sometimes it is when they're in the most need that they're the most open. And if we're listening, then we can go to them and we can minister. It may be words of encouragement. It may be that smile that you give in that workplace and that gratitude or that kind word that you're willing to share with them. We live in a world that's hurting and that is very needy. And for us as believers, as Christians, it's a great opportunity. And if we're really about living a generous life, then you just recognize that he's the owner of everything, that we're just stewards. And if you'll really set that up from the beginning, all of a sudden, you're just, you just it's his stuff. <laughs> We have somebody who gives, and they, and they give sometimes some sizable checks. And, and, and I love it because they'll write on the memo, God's money. What if all of us just approached it and went, God's money? How much difference would that shift make for us? What an example, God's money. But it also, I'll tell you one thing, it, it also makes me feel very responsible. <laughs> it's God's money. 
We want to use it effectively and be able to minister to people. So this morning, I just spent a good part in intro. Are you ready to get into the actual (laughs) points? Okay, let's jump in here. All right. The first thing when we look at this, let, let me read this passage here in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 6 through 9, says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. He's given us a picture of seed time and harvest in the area of even generosity. Look what he says here. You must each decide in your heart how much to give, and don't Give reluctantly. I had a family member one time, they, they'd give, but they, they'd complain every time they were giving. Finally, I rebuked him one day, not, not in a wrong way, you know, I love them. And, and I, but I said, I said you're, you're, you're allowing the enemy to rob you of your blessing. You'll give, but then you complain about giving. Look at that. It says, and don't give reluctantly. If you're going to do it reluctantly and whine and come up, that ain't, that's not going to please God. Might as well just keep it. Let somebody else get the blessing. Ooh, y'all are quiet. Anyway, it says, or in response to pressure. We, you don't see us do it, and, and let me say this. At the end of this service, we have no special offering planned. Just in case somebody's thinking he's going to take up an offering at the end. No, not going to do it. (laughs) We don't try and put pressure on you. God doesn't put pressure on you. He gives us opportunity. Look at this. Not reluctantly or response to pressure for why God. Oh, he loves a person who gives cheerfully. If you're going to give, do it. From a joyful heart. Do it cheerfully. And God will generously look look at the look at this. You're not gonna outgive God. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. You need to realize God wants your money to last more than your month. Come on, how many of you are always seeing that the money's running out before the month? <laughs> well, we've got, we got to get this turned around. God, God wants us to have plenty, not only for our needs, but so that we can give to others. As the Scripture says, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their goods, deeds will be remembered forever. See, I, I, I believe that that there is a retirement fund that is beyond this life. And, and that's why James says, lay up treasure. <laughs> Come on, we're, we're, in, we're on a mission here. Even, even in our giving and living genero- generously, it is not just about this life. It is to be able to take some rewards with us in eternity when we stand before God and give an account for what we've done in this life. N- look at this. So the first thing is generosity is a spiritual act. I said generosity is a spiritual act. This isn't just some natural thing. This is a spiritual act. When you look at the Bible, it is filled with with spiritual acts of faith, of generosity. So many times, those individuals, they did something in the area of giving, and it created breakthrough. 
it, it caught attention. Spiritual acts, that, that's the way this works. When you think about the, the woman you know, the, the, with the alabaster box, the widow with the two mites, those were spiritual acts that release things. Let, let me read this, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, starting there in verse 1, it says, And now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity? That doesn't make sense. You can't, you can't have any kind, there's no rationale in that. But it's spiritual. Even out of this place, there was rich generosity, for I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Why? Because there's a spiritual act that happens in that. You know, whenever I, 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 I think about some of the things, you know, in my life, and, and Joanne and I, I mean, we've just, um, early on, we, we, were, we were fairly new in this and, and still young Christians and all, and, and, um, and they were... They were, we were raising money for a Bible school in Mexico. We were, we had literally, the, the, one of the governors had, had flown up to San Angelo, met with our church, because we were doing a Bible school, but we also had trades connected to it. So we were teaching welding and construction trades and things. And in that, I mean, he was just blown away because we were empowering people with skill sets. And, and he he literally came up here to thank our church publicly. Isn't that pretty cool? That was way back there. But when we were on the front end of that and we were raising the money for it, you know, Joy and I, we just newlyweds. And, and of course, both of us had jobs. We didn't have kids back then. And, uh, but, but, you know, when you're first starting off, you know, and it was, you know, just, again, we just had little. And, uh, and we had been given this really nice living room suit, and they were doing a garage sale. We didn't have much to give. <laughs> we gave our living room suit. <laughs> and they sold it to give it into missions. And I think back of through the years of Joanne and I, we have given property, we have given land, we have given, I mean, all kinds of stuff through the years. All kinds of things that we have been blessed with and and come on, how many of us realize that we probably got a lot of stuff sitting around that's just collecting dust anyway? And might could be used. Is there some needs that are represented right here? We may have to start something here, guys. A needs list and a giving list. Match them up. <laughs> And so Joanne and I, we've just, we've just done this and, and entered into this for our own lives. And we've seen God just, some of it is very spiritual in, in some of these things that, that have happened. You'll hear us tell stories of that at times where we've blessed others and done some things in that. I've got to move on. Number two, generosity creates opportunities. Generosity creates opportunities. This releases ideas, inventions, innovation, grace, favor. When we are generous, opportunities can present themselves. 
That's, I believe, the whole passage here in Malachi chapter 3. And I'm going to read here in just uh, verse 10. It says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there is not room enough to receive it. And, of course, it talks about rebuking the devourer and all those other things. But notice, I want to focus in on this because it's, it's using some words to open the windows of heaven. And a windows of heaven blessing, when you look at the Hebrew in the original, some Hebrew language is very much in word pictures. And, it's, and these words are used sometimes in very different kinds of settings, in and, and can be used to mean different things based upon the context in which it's used. This particular word, the windows of heaven, has to do with the windows of our mind being able to receive ideas. Being able to have opportunities drop in our lap many times. See, and I've, here, here's what I think. Some, sometimes some of us may not even started off on this. Maybe all of a sudden we've, we've gotten hold of it and it just starts happening and God leads us and directs us and sometimes brings us into areas of opportunity. And it is because he has an assignment of what he's wanting to do in this. And we need to be open to that. This church has just been a church that, that just looks for opportunity to be able to be generous but it also equates, God has done so much for us in so, so many ways. I'm, I'm, I'm just always amazed. I shouldn't be, but, you know, you just, I still have that wow factor to where it's like, God, look at that. Look what you just did. Some of you may not realize that we, we've got this sign going up over here on the frontage road that we've not had. It was supposed to be part of this project, and with some of it, we just, we just hadn't done it, didn't get around to it, and then we were just busy. And, and, uh, but in the, in the actual early part of, of the actual building and us moving over here, it had a plan for a sign that was outside. I'm sitting in a staff meeting. I mean, ready for another supernatural story. I'm sitting in a staff meeting, and, and we're discussing our Easter services, what we were wanting to do, and being able to do that here, and upgrading some things, and God blessing us, and, and uh, this sign was even, even, you know, being talked about, you know, that, that uh, Pastor Braden renewed life, you know, being able to, to uh, um, they, they got it, and they don't have a building yet, and needed a place to store it. I talked to him yesterday. He's like, I, I think, I think uh, that's probably not going to ever come to Midland, is it? <laughs> come on. <laughs> and, uh, and so, but we're sitting there, and I'm like, man, all that is wonderful inside the church building and what we're doing and, and all. But I was like, man, I still want my sign out on the frontage road. And Pastor Jimmy went, what did you say, Pastor? You know, it, it, Typical staff meeting, they're all on their devices. <laughs> no, it was before we started, so anyway. <laughs> but he was reading an email that had just come in from Michael with Fast Signs that, oh, they just had a bank that was, had um, depreciated out. I know this doesn't make sense to a lot of us 
but in the business world, they get it, had already depreciated this thing out at five years, was changing out to put a new one up. Nothing wrong with their old one. It was still under warranty for another two years. Probably has a 20-year lifespan. And he calls and he's like, would you be interested in this sign that we're pulling down? <laughs> we were just, I just got it out of my mouth. So that big old white pole that you see here on the frontage row, we're about to have us a sign, and we're going to preach Jesus to San Angelo. It's a, I mean, this thing's a video sign. Oh, yeah. God is faithful. And so in this, we see these things happen. And so, but, but let me go further, because you've got to hear this, because it's not just about stuff. I love our church. Soon as, you know, because I was in Arlington and, and we're busy and all, but, but we knew that there was some significant cold spells that was coming and, and one of the shelters went down and wasn't, wasn't going to be able to open up and, and help meet that need here in San Angelo. And immediately our staff, they're on the phone with other ministries. They're on the phone helping, um, just working on that. They've, they've got a meeting set up to, to go to that shelter to meet with those individuals to see what will it take to be able to help do those repairs and get this thing back open. That's the kind of church. And I didn't have to lead in that. We got a staff that understands generosity is part of our culture. If there's a need, how can we help meet this? I love that. Number three, the last one. Whew. The last one is generosity, trust. We trust in the principles of sowing and reaping. We understand that biblically, scripturally, God has put in, to pro he says, as long as the earth remains, there shall be but seed time and harvest time. That's all the way back to Genesis in the beginning. And throughout the scripture, you see this. You see Jesus teaching on sowing and reaping. You see Paul teaching on sowing and reaping. Our lives, you are always sowing something. What are you sowing? Look at this here in Galatians chapter 6. Here in verse 6, it says, Let him who who is taught the word, sharing all good things with him who teaches. So there's a context. So it is about giving. And listen, I'm taken care of. I'm blessed. Number seven, verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever... You getting this? Whatever a person sows, that will he also reap. What are you sowing? For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Verse 9, so, so important right here. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart if you are sowing don't lose heart and I know what that's like sometimes in the struggle of that 
of what can happen. And sometimes it's like, okay, is this working or not working? I don't know if it's working. But listen, look at the scripture. He says you've got to keep doing it. You've got to stay with it. Just like that farmer, when he puts that seed in there, he, he's not out there the next day digging it back up going, anything happening here? No, he trusts. He sows, and then he trusts that something's going to happen. Are you willing to trust in the principle of seed time and harvest, of sowing and reaping? Because if you do, it'll probably make your life align to a more spiritual side and stop doing some bonehead stuff in the flesh and in sin because you'll reap destruction on that stuff. But if you get over here and you start sowing the right kinds of seeds, it's life transformative to where, and, and some of you, you, you got to turn it around. Uh, I, I meet some people and it's like, you know, they, they get born again and they, they want everything fixed like now. You know, the, it goes back to the old saying, sometimes it's just the same distance out of the woods as it was into the woods. <laughs> Give it some time, but start turning it where you start sowing the right kind of seed. And then don't lose heart, don't grow weary, stay with it. God is faithful, he'll see you through that, and you'll turn around and you'll have a harvest of blessing if you're sowing the right seeds. Do you trust in that? Are you willing to give yourself to that? Luke 6.38 says, Give and it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom, for with the same measure... See, you can determine what size harvest you want. With the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. And I always want the right kind of harvest out in front of me, so I'm always working towards looking for opportunity. And then it's amazing how God just is faithful. You know, I told a story recently, and we were, you know, had just made that purchase of that little office facility up in Arlington next to our our uh, other campus or our campus that's there and, and uh, it's in the adjacent parking lot and, and uh, we got that and closed on it, got it for hundreds of thousands below the appraised value of what it's on the tax roll for. I mean, just an incredible miracle how God did that. It had all this dental equipment in there. It was a full, I mean, listen, I showed up at closing. They were supposed to take all that out and I showed up at closing and the owner had changed his mind, decided they weren't going to fool with it. It was ours to sell. I literally walked. I got the keys at closing, went to the building, unlocked it, walked in. It was almost spooky. It was like the rapture had happened. Every, all the equipment, lights are on, all the equipment's on, all this x-ray stuff, all this. I mean, everything's running. There ain't nobody in there, but anyway. <laughs> it's, I mean, literally, it's full service, full uh, whole office. Listen, that one x-ray machine in the back, that panoramic kind of thing, I, we looked it up online. That one piece used was $40,000. One piece. And I'm, I mean, I'm, I call an insurance broker, you know, the, we're going to sell this stuff. <laughs> we're going to make some money. And then I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, 
I have an assignment for this. I have put it into your hands because there's somebody who's praying and waiting on this equipment. And I thought, well, how, how am I going to find that person? I called Rob Carmen, Dr. Carmen. I called him and told him about it. And he said, let me, let me get back with you. Literally, within an hour, he sends me a text back and says, we have a place for it. I'm, I'm like, what? Already? You know, I was still kind of hoping, you know, like, okay, maybe I missed God. Maybe there's, you know, and we get to sell it. <laughs> Come on, there is. I know I'm a sinner, right? Because <laughs> and, and, we got to remodel some of that and everything, and I'm thinking that would be good music, money spent over there and do it. Look at God. I talked to this, this pastor of this ministry, and I mean, when he began to tell me where they have planned for this to go, this equipment will be used to, to help in the area of dental. And, and they've had dentists wanting to do this dental missions work, and they haven't had equipment. They were sitting in a staff meeting discussing how are they going to get equipment to start ministering to these needs. One of them is going to be a mobile unit that's going up in the mountains in this one area. The other three are going to be in three different nations set up to minister to the impoverished to do dental work. And they were sitting in a staff meeting discussing how are we going to get the equipment when Rob Carmen's text came in that said, Hey, do you all have any use for any dental equipment? Isn't it awesome to be a part of miracles? To be a part of, listen, this is really just the lifestyle of the believer as Christians. So recently, I'm, I'm in Austin, and we had had already a, a phone call, and I wasn't sure, you know, how legit this was. And it was an individual, a philanthropist, that, that uh, had expressed some interest in what we're doing. Not just church ministry, but our school. You know, I kind of have this new phrase. You know, people ask me, what do you do? Well, I'm into social justice. What do you mean you're into social justice? Yeah, if you read, the highest form of social justice is to educate those that are in greatest need so that they are given an opportunity at life. Our schools are doing it. San Angelo, we've got 26% first-generation graduates. And when you look at Arlington, Arlington is nearly 70% low socioeconomic. It's not all the way through 12th grade yet, so we don't have any graduating class, but I promise you, it's going to make a huge impact. But, you know, that's, that's the Jewish. They, they, have a, they have a model of giving. And the highest, the most highest form of generosity to Judaism is not just a handout, but when you actually lift somebody out of poverty, lift somebody out of that situation, you help them get past to where they are able to provide for themselves. That's from biblical Judeo values. And so here we are doing this stuff, and I've just, I'm just been trying to be obedient 
But all of a sudden, this, I get this phone call, and there's this individual, and he wants to meet, and he's like, I'll drive to Austin. So he, I was in Austin opening in prayer for the house and there for some charter school stuff. And, and this individual shows up. He talks to us. He, he, I mean, he flat out said, he said, I believe God has told me that, that I'm to work with charters, but I believe you're the guy that I'm supposed to work with. And after that, he met with us again. We've had some, some phone conversations, some things. He's waiting on a... He's already a pretty stout philanthropist given to a lot of different works. He named some of them, some significant stuff. But with what is coming down, he has a possibility of this thing equating to a lot, a lot of money. And he said, I believe I'm supposed to help you. All I know is I want you praying. You know, when he first when he first was talking to me, we were we were actually that next meeting we were in Dallas, there at the Arlington campus, and, and he said, What 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 what's on your heart? What can I do? You know, and I'm and I'm just I I, I don't know. I mean there we got so many needs, our needs have needs. You know, and and, uh, and and so I'm trying to, I'm thinking about the building projects and I'm kind of running figures. And I'm like, if you could give me 20 million, that would really be good. I mean, I was going to throw something out. And he smiled and he just chuckled. He said, no, no, no. It was almost like, dummy, that's too low. He said, no, what's your vision? What do you really want to do? What's in your heart? Man. And I shared some things that were are still very private in a lot of ways that I that I have in my heart. And he said, "Let's do that, man." I'm believing God. You don't know what God is capable of. What God desires sometimes is so far beyond us. What is it that God wants to do in you, through you? What does that look like? I believe there's some here today that, that you've, you've had some stirring, some thoughts. And maybe you just discounted them and thought, ah, that's too big. Listen, had somebody after second service, we were talking, and we've got some, some, um, some uh, like kind of life stuff. You know, he, I came from a construction world. He's in construction and all. He's like, how did you become a pastor and a CEO of a charter school. I said, God has a sense of humor. <laughs> it would have been real easy for me to discount, disqualify. But God. Some of us are just crazy enough to say, God, use me. Let's stand to our feet this morning. What does God want to do with your life? Take the limit off. What is it? Is there something beyond yourself? And listen, sometimes you've got to start. I talked about this last week in the area of serving. It starts sometimes in such little things. If God brings a small opportunity, are you willing to do that? And if you're willing to do that little thing, God goes, whoo, hey. I think we're on to something. We can trust them. Let's bring them something bigger. And you 
never know where that's going. But ultimately, it's about people. It's what God wants to do. Not just for us, but through us. Amen. Father, we just thank you this morning. We thank you for, God, just much more than a message. This is, this is about who you are and your character of being generous. You loved us so much that you gave your very best in Jesus. And Father, I thank you for that. I thank you for what you're just at work doing right here in each and every person that's here but also listening by live stream that will listen to the video, the TV program. Lord, I just thank you for what you're at work doing. God, we thank you for that. Lord, help us to be faithful with what we do have and where we're at to be able to open up into the fullness of the other things to allow you to flow through us. God, help us to use our time, our talents, and our treasures to be faithful to advance the kingdom of God, the work of God, to look up and see those around us. Help us to minister one to another, even in the body of Christ. And God, we thank you for this. Thank you for, I just sense a strong, strong anointing right here just settling in. God's going to do something for some. That individual, that philanthropist, he has an idea that what happened, he had a website, kept getting hacked. I, I feel like I need to go ahead and share this. It, and he, he, was, he was tired of being hacked. He came from IT world. And so he was praying about it, very spiritual man, he's praying about it and literally God downloaded an idea on cybersecurity to protect his own website. <laughs> As he looked at this thing and no longer was able to, they weren't able to hack him anymore, he thought, hey, this would be cool. I wonder if, I wonder if this thing is hackable. So he began to do these what's called hackathons. And he had invite hackers to just show up and try to hack it. And nobody's been able to hack it. It's become of great value and actually the U.S., Department of Defense has taken notice of it. <laughs> so that'll tell you in that. But here's what he said. He said, I believe God downloaded that idea because he wants me to use these monies that are coming for kingdom business. Is there an idea that God has for someone right here today? Father, we just thank you. God, whatever that is, maybe someone is setting on something that is bigger than they ever imagined. Lord, I just thank you for just gracing them, giving them pathways, giving them all the other aspects to come together, to walk it out and be obedient to that. And Lord, I just thank you for even those witty inventions and ideas that you give. You're the creation, your creator, created heaven and earth. What is it to you to give an idea to someone that could be used for your glory? Father, we just thank you for that. All heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If there's someone here and you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life, 
or to rededicate your life, I'm going to invite you right now to just simply just raise your hand. I want to pray for you and lead you in a prayer. Anyone here, you say, Pastor, I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Listen, I did it in my bedroom. You can do it right there in your seat where you're at. Is that you? Lift up your hand. Let me see, and I want to pray for you. Lead you in that prayer. Yes, hands going up. Just yes, some others. Go ahead, just lift them up. This is really between you and and God, but when you lift it up, I'm believing He's taking notice right here. You just lift them up. Now I want to pray and lead you in a profession of faith. I'm going to help you make this commitment here today, but all I can do is lend you some words. I can just help you. You have to mean this from your heart. As a matter of fact, I'm going to invite everyone to pray this out loud. If that's you and you, you, you know that you're praying this, pray it, mean it from your own heart. Just repeat after me. Let's, let's all pray this out loud together. Let's say it. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of eternal life. Thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price, the penalty for my sin through his death, burial, and resurrection. I receive you by faith. Forgive me of my sins. Jesus, be Lord and Master of my life and help me to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for those decisions today. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's program at the Life Church. Our prayer is that you've been blessed by this morning's message and that God would continue to speak into your heart throughout the week. We are so excited about what God is doing right here at the Life Church as we connect people with God's purpose. Again, if you don't already have a church home, we invite you to join us for a visit at 3301 TLC Way. We have two Sunday morning services for you to choose from, 9.15 and 11 a.m. Again, our prayer is that you've been blessed and we hope you have a great week.